Welcome into A to Z Sports Prime Time from the Superbook Sports Studios. I'm your host, Buck Rising, and I'm proud, as always, to be presented to you by our friends at TrueMav Fitness. TrueMav Fitness in the Gulch. Your first workout is free at TrueMavFitness.com as a Middle Tennessee resident. Achieve your fitness or weight loss goals at TrueMavFitness.com. Two Rivers Ford, where you go for the best quality American-made Ford vehicles. 2023 model year Fords available right now at Two Rivers Ford in Mount Juliet or online at tworiversford.com. The Ashton Real Estate Group of Remax Advantage, the Intel Edge you need to succeed. GaryAshton.com is where you go for the official real estate agent of the Nashville Predators and of this streaming show. And Superbook Sports, whether you're wagering on college hoops tonight, you could have gotten Tennessee as a three-point favorite over Alabama. If you bet Alabama, you're probably not feeling great, but if you're a Tennessee fan, it doesn't matter anyway. Wager on all your favorite major sports at Superbook Sports. So, uh, Ryan Tannehill heading into this season has a lot of uh, has a lot of intrigue around him. An intrigue in the sense that he is going to be discussed as one of the best available options available, quote unquote, a player currently under contract on the Titans roster, he's going to be discussed as one of the best available options for teams seeking quarterback help. It's really Aaron Rodgers, Ryan Tannehill, and a bunch of other scrubs that are going to be out there on the market. Tannehill's not on the market officially um, and may not end up being released by any stretch of the imagination. In fact, I think it's entirely the most likely scenario that he ends up quarterbacking the Titans in 2023. But Tom Brady's retirement has caused a massive domino effect around the league and particularly around the quarterback position to where Derek Carr now replaces Tom Brady as the best available free agent quarterback on the market this year. With that being said, Derek Carr is not a good option at quarterback, right? He's just kind of a meh situation. He's not he's not as good a player as Ryan Tannehill is. Um, he's not as good a player as Tom Brady was even at 46 years old. He's just kind of a stopgap at this stage in his career. But he's still the best of bad options where the rest of them are Baker Mayfield or Jacoby Brissett, Teddy Bridgewater, names like that who are not franchise quarterbacks by any stretch of the imagination. So now uh, you look at Tannehill and you see Tannehill's circumstance under contract, a cap hit of 36.6 next year and savings of $18 million if they cut him before June 1st, if they cut him after June 1st. $27 million is what the Titans would save, but they still don't have options at the quarterback position um, right now. So Ryan Tannehill is in a bit of a leverage, uh, is in a situation where he's got some leverage. If the Titans uh, cut him now, well, he still makes a good chunk of the money that he's owed. If the Titans cut him after June 1st, well, they can save a lot more money, but he's still got some guarantees associated with that deal. If the Titans choose to trade him and keep him on his current deal, well, then he's likely to get an extension for whoever trades him because that should and likely would be a part of the demands for any team choosing to trade for Ryan Tannehill. So Ryan Tannehill's sitting pretty good right now. That's where the leverage comes in. You're going to hear from former NFL agent Joel Corey specifically on how he would approach negotiations on behalf of Tannehill here in just a second. The question that I will ask you is this. On Facebook, YouTube, Twitter, and Twitch, what NFL team makes the most sense in a Tannehill trade? Every NFC South team needs a 
quarterback right now. The most secure quarterback, the most secure quarterback for uh, for the NFC South right now is Kyle Trask. Think about that. He's the only quarterback that the Bucs have under contract. Sam Darnold is not going to be in Carolina next year. Jameis or Dalton are not going to be in New Orleans next year. You have a situation where the Falcons have Desmond Ritter, but is that really a solution moving forward? Probably not. Kyle Trask is the most concrete quarterback situation in the NFC South. So every NFC South team could use a quarterback. The Raiders. Uh, we'll see what happens with the Niners. They will probably be looking for something, but they w- it won't be Jimmy Garoppolo, and Brock Purdy is likely going to miss the better part of this season, if not the entirety of this coming season, and they still have Trey Lance. You have the Jets, who are obviously looking for quarterback help. If the Packers move Aaron Rodgers, that could be in play. There's a variety of different teams right now whose quarterback circumstance is shaky at best and where Tannehill would make a lot of sense to go. So the question that I ask you is this. What is the most reasonable, most feasible trade partner for Ryan Tannehill and the Titans right now? What NFL team makes the most sense in a Tannehill trade? We will talk about it together right after I remind you that Two Rivers Ford presents your Two Rivers Ford take. Two Rivers Ford always sells all new non-specialty Ford vehicles below MSRP. Two Rivers Ford in Mount Juliet, where they have been a brand name that you know and a quality that you can trust for 40 years in the business. Two Rivers Ford in Mount Juliet or online at tworiversford.com. So, uh, who makes the most sense for a Tannehill trade? Well, when you're evaluating all the options, and I'll tell you, oh, well, rather, I won't tell you, Joe Corey will tell you what Ryan Tannehill's leverage is right now. Because everything about the Titans offseason starts first and foremost around the quarterback decision. And the quarterback decision for Tennessee right now is not necessarily an easy one. Well, if they start talking pay cut or release, then what the agent's going to do is he's going to engage in tampering. That's technically what it'll be. He's going to call around, get an idea of the lay of the land. And if there's a team that's willing to make him whole and give him an extension, then he's going to tell you guys to kick rocks. Um, that, that's basically what it would go from from there. From a pure restructure standpoint, since they added two voiding dummy years with the last restructure, they could do a restructure where they chop his base salary down to league minimum or close to it and pick up $17 million plus a cap room by taking, we'll say, 25 and a half or $25.75 million of signing bonus and spreading it out over three years of base salary, turning the signing bonus, spreading it out over three years and kicking the can down the road. Um, I think that's maybe the direction you're going. I kind of think if you were going to just hit the reset button, you don't promote internally with your offensive coordinator. You go outside the organization and find a new offensive coordinator. And I think I read that Rabel's been keeping uh, Tannehill in the loop, uh, what was going on with that decision. That's correct. which, Which suggests that he's not going anywhere. So uh, it goes on for some length, and and basically Joel Corey is saying, yeah, Tannehill, uh, if they can find a trade partner, he can tell the Titans to kick rocks as far as taking a pay cut is concerned, so there's leverage. Um, If they choose to release him, that's fine, but they're going to have to eat some money, and he's going to get paid anyway, so there's leverage. Um, He is going to have options on the market, so he doesn't have a no-trade clause, so they can send him wherever they want to send him if they choose to move him. But still, he will likely be getting an extension out of any trade partner that will be a part of the deal should he move to another place. 
Now, it's most likely that Ryan Tannehill ends up back with the Titans. And I'll explain to you why that is here in just a second, right after I remind you that the primetime show is made possible by our friends at the Ashton Real Estate Group of REMAX Advantage. GaryAshton.com is where you go for your Intel edge you need to succeed. The Intel edge you require to excel in this Nashville real estate market is at GaryAshton.com. That Intel helps you sell your home without any showings or stagings, helps you find your next home so you can sell your current one in this red-hot Nashville real estate market, helps you win the buyer battle and cash in on your home equity right now. GaryAshton.com, the best in the business with the best intel you need to succeed. Trust the team that your favorite teams trust at GaryAshton.com. Eric Alonzo says, it makes more sense to just cut him and free up the $27 million. Well, of course that's not true at all. Because in order to save the $27 million, you would have to uh, you would have to cut him after June 1st. If you don't have a solution at the quarterback position, by the time you get to June 1st, you're banged. So, like, you have to make a decision on trading up to go get a player. You have to make a decision on Aaron Rodgers, which you will not be able to do under the current cap constraints with Tannehill on the roster. You will uh, you will have to figure out something if there is a trade partner, but the trade options right now are Rodgers or Tannehill at this stage. Nobody looks to be actively moving a quarterback contract that way. And unless you're going to ride into the 2023 season with a shitty situation at quarterback, which the Titans are not going to actively try and do because Mike Vrabel and Rand Carthon are not the tank for anybody types, then of course it doesn't make sense to, it makes mo, makes more sense to just cut them and free up the 27 million because of how long you have to wait. There are a million different things that have to fall between now and June 1st for you to be comfortable making that decision. Um, so it is not a decision that I think is advisable under any stretch of the imagination. Uh, Ryan Field says, I'm done with Tannehill, not my QB. Well, the reaction I would give you is tough shit because until uh, until he is no longer on your roster, well, then if you are a Titans fan, he is, by extension, your quarterback because it's sure as shit not Malik Willis and it's not Josh Dobbs, even though you guys keep peppering me with Josh Dobbs stuff because Josh Dobbs isn't on your roster. He does not play for the Tennessee Titans anymore. He's an unrestricted free agent. You could bring him back and that would be a miserable existence. Not and nothing against Josh. That's not about anything about Josh. It's just like, okay, do you not care about the 2023 season at all? If you care about seeing competitive football and completely uh, and completely punting on a season, then no, you can't ride into 2023 with the combo of Dobbs and Willis and hope to accomplish anything meaningful. Which, by the way, is still within your grasp because your division is still a shit show. Robert uh, Capano, forgive me if I'm mispronouncing your or Roberto, forgive me. I bought botched both your names Roberto says trade Tannehill draft Levis if you trade Tannehill and get any other quarterback but Bryce Young then I'm sorry you're lost <laughs> you're just lost Will Levis is the biggest projection out of any of those three that's nonsense that Levis would be the solution there if you're going to trade for a quarterback you damn sure better be leapfrogging both the Texans and the Colts to try and get the best one because not only would you be trading up for a franchise quarterback franchise quarterback theoretically, but you would also be able to stick it to one of your two division rivals and make them settle for the lesser options uh, at this stage. Um, let's see. Uh, Eddie Gray says, Buck, why continue to trash Willis? Who's trashing Willis? I didn't say anything bad about Malik. What did I say? that tra uh, Forgive me. I, I know it's not easy to like respond in real time, but like, Eddie, you're going to have to tell me uh, what I said to trash Willis. I didn't say anything bad about Malik uh, at this point. 
Um, so perhaps you'll respond but by the time that uh, this, you know, rather than me spinning my wheels and waiting for you, Eddie, if you have a response, uh, feel free to let me know. But I haven't said anything uh, to the uh, to denigrate Malik Willis at this point. Uh, who's your quarterback? Robert says, I said, who's your quarterback? Because it sure should not Malik Willis. What's well, that's not trashing him. But do you not watch that dude play? What? What do you mean? That's that's your quarterback? No, it's not your quarterback. It's sure shit, not your quarterback. That dude can't play quarterback in the NFL right now. That's not that's not that's not that's not a solution. That's not trashing him. Them's the breaks, Boris Johnson. Like that's what it is. That dude can't play quarterback in the NFL right now. That's not that's not uh that's not being mean. That's not attacking him. That's an accurate assessment. That is what film shows. That is what your coaching staff made the decision on when they took him out of the lineup and put in Josh Dobbs, who had been on the roster for six days. Ryan says, Buck's being an asshole tonight. I mean, maybe you're just being soft. What do you, I can't, listen, I can't, I can't give you analysis. I can't be honest with you and hold your hand at the same time. Like, I believe in you, Ryan. We're going to take the training wheels off this offseason and we're going to ride into the sunset together and I promise you, you're going to be better for it. And if you're not, then I can't help you. Um, but at this point, I think there's a lot of different options that you can consider. Um, but I think that uh, of all of the options, Malik Willis is the least likely, as your coaching staff has just told you. Um, and Dobbs, while I thought that Josh did as good a job as humanly possible to come in and try and salvage this thing, they still went on to win, excuse me, they still went on to lose their sixth and seventh consecutive games with him at quarterback. Um, so again, I would say to you, Eddie Gray says, folks said the same thing about Jalen Hurts after his rookie season, though. No, no, they did not say anything close to the same thing about Malik Willis. Eddie, you are, and listen, Eddie, I respect you caping up for the young man, and he's going to need support at this point. Absolutely, he's going to need support because he's in a tough position. It's an unenviable position. Um, and, you know, everything that I know about him, I, I, I don't, I haven't gotten to know him very well, but getting uh, to spend a, about a year around him at this point, I think that uh, I think that he is entirely capable of continuing to, you know, have the mindset rather to kind of wade wade his way through this adversity that now sits in front front of him. The adversity, though, being him, like he is his own adversity. If that makes any sense, Jalen Hurts was not at all the same conversation. Jalen Hurts was not regarded at all as the same kind of. Uh, raw that Malik is. Jalen Hurts played at Alabama, not at Liberty. Jalen Hurts is somebody who has operated a pro-style offense before. Jalen Hurts came in with better timing and accuracy. Jalen Hurts is a more uh, a more refined runner than is Malik Willis at this stage in his career. Jalen Hurts played higher-level football both at Alabama and at Oklahoma. There is no comparison other than at one time Malik Willis was on an SEC roster at Auburn. There is no comparison whatsoever between those two players. Now, Malik has an entire, he has a whole other training camp. His rookie contract is guaranteed. Um, they're not going to, they're not going to put him on the practice squad because somebody had snapped him up. He's still got potential, but not in 2023. Unless, unless, uh, unless there are, unless there are meaningful strides made. And we will have an entire summer to figure out whether those meaningful strides have been made. And then we will have, you know, at some point, live game action. He will have to play at some point. They need Malik Willis to stay in this thing. Um, 
Billy says, why Bucky was drafted as a quarterback, uh, not drafted at any level to the NFL. Wait, I don't. Bucky was drafted as a quarterback. Buck was not drafted at any level. Okay, so you're saying that I was not. Okay, I had trouble reading the comment. Buck was not drafted at any level to the NFL. No reason to trash him, even with his poor performance. Again, Billy, it's not about trashing him. It is an assessment based on what, based on tape study. You watch the games. I watch the games. I have to watch the games more than you. I have to talk to coaches and scouts about the games. I have to talk to people in the NFL about these games. The assessment is Malik Willis at this stage in his career cannot play NFL quarterback. And again, that assessment was made by your coaching staff, which is why they yanked him for Josh Dobbs. That's that's just what it is. Now, if you think my tone is poor, then I can't do anything about my tone, right? But you have to take you have to look past my tone, I guess, if you have an issue with it, to understand that the words that I am saying are not an attack of Malik Willis the person. It is an assessment of Malik Willis the player. And Malik Willis the player is not good enough to start NFL games right now. And not not good enough to back up. Uh, really, to be a reasonable backup, the, the kind of backup that they need in an expanded 17-game season. Anyway, let's move on. I don't want to get bogged down. So Tannehill's leverage in this situation is that he has a market. He is going to have a market. His leverage doesn't necessarily lend itself specifically to the Titans because the Titans do still have um, control. They There is no trade clause or there is a there is not a no-trade clause, not to use a double negative, but there is not a no-trade clause in the uh, in the uh, Tannehill contract, to the best of my knowledge, uh, that's not been reported at this point. Um, uh, so I think that Tannehill, you know, the Titans can do what they want with Tannehill, and Tannehill will still have options. That's where the Tannehill leverage comes from. He has leverage over his Titan situation. They don't have a better option right now. And the better option, theoretically, would be Aaron Rodgers. But I don't know how much better an option that is at this stage of Rodgers' career. Because uh, he's not getting better at this point. Um, <laughs> let's uh, let's keep it moving. Uh, let's talk about the finished Titans coaching staff. That has, unless they add new positions to the Titans coaching staff, the hiring of Justin Outen, the running backs coach and run game coordinator, uh, not made official yet, but will uh, be made official here in the coming weeks. We will talk about that together. Right after I ask you, grade the Titans' finalized coaching staff, A through F. We will discuss at length right after I remind you that the primetime show is presented by Superbook Sports. Superbook Sports is where you go to wager on all the NBA, NHL, college hoops, every major sport. You can get in on the action with Superbook Sports. They'll match your first bet up to $1,000, win or lose, and they always offer you the best odds boosts and promo bets out there. Download the Superbook app today. Go to Superbook.com for terms and conditions. Gambling problem? Call the Tennessee Red Line, 1-800-889-9789. So, uh, how would you grade the Titans coaching staff, A through F? Uh, Mad Bell gives it an A. Xavier, B. Jabari, B. B minus for Stephen Crozio. B minus for names and reputation, says Harry Titan Tough Wells. Billy Jordan says, with down and gone, it's an A, simply. Andre, being a little bit more middle of the road, he says, C. You guys are overwhelmingly positive on the Titans coaching staff. I'm honestly surprised at this point to see that that assessment by you, especially given the uh, negativity that surrounded the Tim Kelly 
promotion from within. Uh, I would say that I'm I'm largely satisfied with the moves that they made. You know, there's no way to to assess how it's going to play out until we, you know, I I probably couldn't give you a good a good measurement of how well this coaching staff is performing relative to expectation until probably October, right? I need to see about a month full of games before I'm comfortable making assessments about the roster, about the uh, about the coaching staff. I just need to see them play games and then have a decent sample size to work off of to see what tendencies, you know, what what are they doing? Are they running still on first down at the rate that they were? Are they still uh are they still um are they are they are they still basically the Titans or have they actually evolved? Now I will say that the hires that they have made at least indicate to all of us that they are making strides towards that evolution. And what I mean by that is bringing in Charles London, who Mike Vrabel has worked with before, but did interview for the offensive coordinator job, didn't get it, and still was uh, able to be acquired by the staff, interviewed in Washington as well for their OC job. Outen, who was a former OC himself, now coming here as the run game coordinator. Chris Harris, who is coming in as the passing, the defensive passing game coordinator and the defensive backs coach. And then uh, Luke Steckel, four candidates, four other coordinator candidates who were interviewed in other places. Steckel was already here, but four coordinator candidates in this cycle who the Titans currently employ on their staff. I think, you know, just in terms of the boxes that you're looking for them to check, I think a B is fair at this point. Um, I think that the Tim Kelly thing is predictable, but that's okay to be predictable to a certain extent, as long as it comes with a more efficient and effective passing game on early downs. I think that is the biggest thing that they need to accomplish. But I would say on the whole, I'm largely okay with what they have done with the coaching staff. How that bears itself out, we'll have to wait. You know, I mean, the better part of, the better part of, I would say, eight months before we can accurately assess that at this stage. Here's Mike Vrabel talking specifically about Tim Kelly first, and then I'll let you hear from him on Charles London. I think it's the, the right the right fit uh, for us at this time. It's it's the it's the perfect fit. Yeah, you know, I think what what Tim ultimately was able to do was be able to provide um, some familiarity and, and some carryover uh, to to what we were doing because I don't think everything's broken. I don't, I don't believe that, uh, but then also be able to, you know, add some, some things that, um, you know, can really help us. Well, that's Mike Vrabel talking about Tim Kelly. Now in Charles London, um, they were able to retain a guy who they also interviewed for the OC job. He comes in as the quarterback's coach and passing game coordinator. Here's why Mike thought it important to make, to make an effort to keep London on the staff. Going to, you know, he, he won't be able to probably do as much going forward, Joe, um, with, with the responsibility of the quarterbacks. Um, you know, I, I see him, you know, bringing this, the ideas that, that he had and uh, when we met um, and, and communicating and, and, and helping us put together the best plan uh, in the spring and then ultimately, uh, Helping, helping Tim as we go through training camp and then, you know, into the season. So, you know, there's, um, you know, there's so one person has to has to make sure that they're they're leading the offense, and um, you know that'll be Tim. Um, but but making sure that that everybody's voice is 
is heard and then we go in with a game plan and then we have to execute it and we, and we have to make sure that we're calling a, a sound football game. So that's Mike Vrabel on Charles London. You know, overall, I think a B is a fair assessment for the coaching staff and then, you know, anything better, anything worse, we'll have to wait until we get actually underway. All right, let's do whose stock rose and whose stock fell in sports the most this weekend. That's rising and falling. Uh, America's new favorite end of show primetime segment, real high level stuff. Whose stock rose, whose stock fell this week in sports. We will talk about it together right after I remind you that A to Z sports primetime is presented by our friends at TrueMav fitness. Get in on your new lifestyle. Get in on a new way to work out at TrueMavFitness.com. They will help you attain the lifestyle that you seek, whether it's getting in better shape, getting in better condition, whether it's uh, weight loss that you're after, or physically toning up if you are somebody who is already in a good place weight-wise but wants to see better physical results. TrueMath Fitness will always put you in a position to succeed and will make sure that you are engaged, that you are stimulated, that you are active in their group classes. If group classes are not for you, personal training is on offer. If you want to just work out on your own time and have those options available to you, you can sign up for one of their memberships and have access to their open gym. No matter how you like to work out, TrueMath Fitness is there for you. They've helped me lose 52 pounds. TrueMath Fitness can help you get on track and get you right. Your first workout is free as a Middle Tennessee resident at TrueMavFitness.com. So, uh, whose stock rose and whose stock fell the most in sports? Stacey Wills, Vol stock up. Yes, beating Alabama, the number one team in the country. The final margin of victory, 68-59. Just like football season, baby, it feels good to be a Tennessee Vol. They are cooking at this point. Um, and after two straight losses, an important win for them to get, just so happen to be over the number one team in the country. Eric Alonzo says, Juju, simply. Um, <laughs> I, don't, I assume that's a stock down, although I, I'll be honest, the Valentine's Day meme did make me laugh. Uh, Darius Glover says, who cares? Roll Tide. Well, that's stupid. You're the number one team in the country. You just lost. Everybody cares. Literally everybody cares. And in fact, you should care because you just lost to a bad Tennessee team. They're not a bad Tennessee team. They're not a great Tennessee team, though. They're a, they're a middling Tennessee team at this point. So, yes, you should care because your team just lost to a team that's not playing very good basketball right now, but did show up tonight in an important moment. So good on them. Um, Duke's head coach whining stock down. I haven't seen that, but I, you know, Duke and North Carolina are basically irrelevant this year in the world of college hoops, which is something I want to talk about at some point. Did Purdue lose again? No. Purdue lost again. I know they lost to Indiana. I know like they lost Northwestern who Indiana is playing right now. And I did not turn the Indiana game on specifically during the primetime show. Cause I can't live that way. And I can't have you guys see uh, the uh, public vulnerability um, that would uh, that would emerge with me watching an Indiana game live with you guys. Yes, go Virginia. Purdue played Virginia tonight? Is that right? Louisville almost upset Virginia. Okay, I was about to say, that, that can't be right. Uh, either way, uh, I will say that the person whose stock rose the most this week, Patrick Mahomes. Patrick Mahomes having his celebratory uh, parade, his championship parade for the Kansas City Chiefs. And, you know, thoroughly imbibing, if not needing to be helped off a boat the way that Tom Brady was after the COVID Super Bowl. 
Kansas City, how we feeling today, baby? How we feel? Kansas City with the world champs, can I get a hell yeah? Hey, we just want to say we appreciate everybody that's here today. We're back again. We're back again. Before we started this season, the AFC West said we were rebuilding. I'm gonna be honest with you, I don't know what rebuilding means. In our rebuilding year, we're world champs. We're world champs. I just wanna say we appreciate everybody here today. Arrowhead Stadium's one of a, one of a kind and we just want to say Chiefs Kingdom is one of a kind. So give a round of applause for everybody that's standing here today. And before I give it to the main show, Travis Kelsey, I just want to let y'all know that this is just the beginning. We ain't done yet. So I'll make sure to hit y'all back next year, and I hope the crowd's the same. Appreciate y'all. Let's go, baby. So that is Patrick Mahomes at the Victory Parade. MB says, I like Mahomes, but that's just lame. What do you mean it's just lame? He's drunk. He's a two-time Super Bowl champion. He's celebrating with his fan base. What's lame about that? No, what's lame is Bill Belichick at a Super Bowl parade. No days off. No days off, right? That whole shit. Uh, what's, uh, there's just, there's nothing, what, what's, I don't understand. He's, he's enjoying himself. He's clearly drinking. Um, it's more personality than Mahomes ever shows, uh, at any stage. Um, you know, other than to kind of keep a clamp on the personality that does seem to come out of the Mahomes family, which is his wife and his brother. So I would say that, uh, I would say that, yeah, there's nothing lame about that. He's enjoying a Super Bowl parade. It's more than any of the rest of us, as far as I know, have been able to enjoy in our uh, professional lives. Um, let's see who, uh, you know, here is a, here is, um, here is a comment that I think deserves a stock down. Shaw boss on YouTube. Personally, I don't think Malik will. And I don't know why the hell we're talking about Malik Willis still at this point. I, I don't think Malik wants it bad enough. He's a smart kid, has other interests other than football. So I really don't believe in his heart, that the NFL to that degree. Hope I'm wrong. Literally, you have no idea who Malik Willis is unless you have a personal connection to Malik Willis that you are not disclosing to the chat, and that may well be so. You are entitled to have your opinion if you want, but if you are making this assessment off having zero personal interaction with Malik Willis, having no idea who this person is or where he comes from, other than what you see on Twitter clips and maybe an interview here or there, I think that is just some of the lamest shit that I've ever seen. I hate when people assume that. You don't know anything about these athletes. These athletes are, yes, they all have outside interests. Not every one of them is a living, breathing football robot that snorts touchdowns and, uh, and, uh, and, you know, huffs first downs. That's not how this works. Okay. They're actual people. So I think that shit, that kind of lame shit is the kind of stuff that I would love to get rid of from sports discourse. I will not be able to do so effectively, but that doesn't mean I can't bitch about it every time I see it. You don't know these players. You had no idea Deshaun Watson was a pervert until Deshaun Watson turned out to be a pervert. You had no idea that uh, you have no idea the personality types of people like uh, Travis Kelsey or Patrick Mahomes, other than what you see on a podium or in a press conference setting or any of these things. You don't know these people unless you do actually know these people. 
And if you do know Malik Willis, then I'm certain that's not that's not the assessment that you would make. So like I said, leave the lame shit at home. I appreciate your comments. That shouldn't stop you from commenting, but you know, think it through the next time. You don't know this person. You don't know this person at all. Shah says, when I watch him on the sidelines, he seems to be more of a fan than he is in the NFL player. Like he said himself, he's just happy to be there. You are making an assessment about a dude's character, personality, likes, interests, and professional career based off you watching 10 seconds, not even 10 seconds, a five-second like cutaway on the sideline. Shah, baby, listen to yourself or read what you're writing. How in, how in God's name does somebody sit there after watching a five-second cutaway from a CBS broadcast that tells you absolutely jack shit and say, you know what, that guy doesn't love ball. That guy doesn't want to be in the NFL. That guy isn't interested in the NFL, or he's got other interests that would detract from an NFL career, from making him a success. How does somebody type some shit like that in a comment section, press send, and be like, you know what, I nailed that one? What? <laughs> All right. It's going to do it for us tonight before I, before I pop a neck vein. Uh, you guys are the best. Uh, this is, uh, but Eddie says, Buck, this is the same shit folks did to Vince Young here. Well, it was stupid then and it's stupid now, Eddie. I don't, I don't know what to tell you. I wasn't here for Vince Young, but I'm here for Malik. And, uh, yeah, I, uh, there's, there's, there's something, there's something in watch in watching a player making an assessment off the film and just saying a bunch of nonsense because whatever, like you don't always have to have an opinion about everything, especially the shit you don't know anything about. That's okay going to do it for us tonight have a lovely evening i love each and every one of you uh don't turn on indiana if you don't want to pop a neck vein. don't say these things to me don't say these things to me please please i'm having a good night i'm having a good night and as soon as i turn on this basketball game i'm going to be miserable for the rest of the night i love you all we'll do it again tomorrow on the primetime show we'll be talking about the vols a lot tomorrow on the radio show 10 to 1 on 104.5 the zone until then uh if i don't catch you then i will catch you tomorrow night for one last primetime show of the week here on the A to Z Sports Digital Network. Well, are you surprised to hear that? <laughs> Certainly not. The first year we took it to the limit. And I was in Miami with my new beach house. Well, it was a couple minutes from the beach. It's been 20 years since then. We haven't been too strong in the last few years. Oh, we've been strong. We're just playing by the rules. You can't have a newcomer come in and steal a show.